0: Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here along with Christy, and she is actually going to introduce our guest for today. We're very excited to have her with us.
1: Yes, we are very excited to have Dr. Tommy Grover with us today. Um, She's a good friend of Larry here at the church, who is our pastoral care minister, and he's actually the one that connected us. That would be
0: Larry Megason. Yes,
1: Larry Megason. He has a background in human trafficking, And so I've actually been praying about that for this semester uh, podcast. Like, Lord, there's two things that I've been praying about to um, educate the women of our church is human trafficking and someone to share about their, about going through an abortion. And so I've been praying diligently about it. And then Larry just said it kind of haphazardly. And he said it once. And I was like, that's interesting. And he said again, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I need to go to Larry. And so I was talking to Larry. And then Larry said, you need to call Tommy. She's amazing. Um, so we emailed. And,
0: and Larry's uh, background, just so we're clear, is in human trafficking and ministry, like yes, helping ministry. people get out of human trafficking, not participating <laughs> in human trafficking. Okay, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Good point of clarification, duly noted. Absolutely. Yes.
1: So we're sitting here in the presence of Dr. Tommy Grover, who has her doctorate in social work and ministry-based evangelism from Southwestern. She works, um, she's at the office of the governor. And her title is Public Safety Office Child Sex Trafficking Team and North Texas Regional Administrator. So I got to sit with Tommy. That sounds
0: like a big responsibility. (laughs) Well, it's like 48 counties, right? I mean, we got to sit and talk for a couple hours. And
1: she talked about the 48 different counties that she's in charge of and that she's over. Um, She has relationships with people there that help um, educate and stop, try to stop human trafficking. Um, So, Tommy, tell us how you got... To the point that you're at, tell us kind of your story. I think you call it your ruination. Yeah, glorious ruination. Glorious ruination, that's (laughs) it. So um, people are like, what does that mean? Those are two words that you wouldn't put together in the same sentence. So explain that for us.
2: So I have a background in criminal justice, and um, God married that with my ministry training. And I was working for Texas Baptist for a number of years, and I was directing their local transformational missions, which included community and restorative justice and in 2006 they had a resolution condemning human trafficking and as a part of my work because i was doing the restorative justice ministry meaning teaching the church to do the work of the ministry in the criminal justice field with victims offenders professionals in the field those kind of things what does that look like and so it started to be a part of my work to work on the trafficking piece once they had that resolution as a denomination. And I started an educational initiative when I was with Texas Baptist called Traffic Stop. And it was just an educational initiative. And as a part of my work, it was a pretty big piece. Um, 2007, 2008, and in 2009, we started doing the education piece for our Texas Baptist churches. And it wasn't long after we did this that uh, I was in a staff meeting. I was telling Christy when we Mm -hmm. met earlier uh, in a staff meeting where uh, my boss says, we need you to be a thought leader in another area. What if that doesn't include human trafficking? And I didn't even ask. I didn't take a breath. They didn't take a breath. And I was like, if I can't do trafficking, I got to go. And so they jettisoned my work and put me out on a small stipend and uh, continued to do the work of education, engagement, and activity. It's, you're generous to say small. It was like close to nothing, like went from a nice figure of pay to close to nothing. Yeah, it was and, it was a leap of faith. It was. it was God pushing me out of the plane in some respects. Yeah. And saying, Are you gonna trust me here? Or are you not going to trust that me mean you to did to mean you were having to do a lot more work to
0: your to lot was work on your own? I was completely on my own. You were completely mm-hmm. on try to try to you to try to try to try to try to try Absolutely
2: compelled, and I felt like, to try to try to I to like to Paul said, knowing what God to go not knowing to mm-hmm. God has for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a part of that, that leap of faith involved a lot of different things. But it also involved um, having left there in May of 2010. Um, In July of 2010, I had a catastrophic surgical event where my intestines twisted and died and were gangrenous. Mm. And they did a surgery where they gave me less than half a chance of living. Mm. And that was less than two months after leaving that position. So when anybody feels called or compelled to this work, I always tell them, get ready because the devil's just not going to be too happy with you and that's exactly what my youth minister said to me when he came into the uh, icu he said well there you go taking your leap of faith for god his hands are on his hips and i can remember just as laying there in the bed and he says and the devil's just not too happy with yeah. you and i was like
0: oh no uh-uh. no i think
1: that's so true and i think that's such a point that we could all bring up is that satan attacks anytime you're a threat to his what his what he's doing and where he's thriving and when christians get involved in that he's like oh no i'm going to fight back too yeah. And Christians are like, well, that's good luck with that, Satan, because we've got Christ on our side. Yeah. What became, though, what was your driving point? Like, what, why do you have such a passion for human trafficking? Like, what did you learn or
2: what made that moment of like, this is, this is my mission? Yeah. There's that sense of injustice that um, people are being bought and sold like commodities. I mean, you can go online and order a pizza, and you can go online and you can order up a kid for sex. Mm-hmm. And that really is, um, an abomination to me, Mm -hmm. uh, of who God created us to be as human beings. And I think that there's just a a real sense of injustice that's happening in our world globally Mm -hmm. about, um, the value of humanity. Mm -hmm. And as a part of that, it's that kind of, uh, almost a visceral response, but Mm -hmm. it was more informed than that. It was, uh, really the narratives from the scripture, you know, I come to the point where I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the Great Commission, you know, you go and tell and you help others to know. But there's that piece in Luke um, where Jesus is in the temple and he unveils, unrolls the scroll from Isaiah 61 and unveils his mission. He says, this is why I've come. And those are the great actions to me. And it really struck me that when he says, I've come to set the captive free,"
0: That means everyone.
2: Hello. Mm -hmm. And all of us have some level of being captivated by sin Mm -hmm. in some respects. But then there's this oppression that happens in people's lives that there's a much more necessary piece of actively responding to what God's doing in the world to help them to be free from things like slavery, to prevent that from happening, and to um, help understand what's going on in the world so that we can... Respond to it. And I believe that from the scripture, God's worldwide delivery mechanism is already in place. We call it the church.
1: So you brought up a good point, right? So that there's a difference between captivity and oppression. And that to be able to come out of oppression takes the church as well as captivity. But that is also captivity as part of yourself doing, doing your work. Whereas oppression is you need other people around you to help you get out of that, would you say?
2: I think there are. They're intertwined with one another. Yeah, absolutely, and um, we have to recognize where we have issues that we need to work on mm-hmm. for ourselves yeah. before we can help other people. Mm-hmm. And you can't give away what you don't have, mm-hmm. and um, that's relationally, ba- you know, a part of how we respond to this between God, mm-hmm. you know, that vertical response, and then how do we help others horizontally? I wish people would see that I have to talk with my hands. Uh, she's going <laughs> down, down. And down. She's vertically going down. and horizontally, <laughs> 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 but. Um, Uh, I think as God drew me vertically to him, Mm -hmm. that the heart of God is right in the middle of how do we respond to this? Mm -hmm. And as we respond to this, that Luke chapter four passages Mm -hmm. really resonates. You know, this is why I've come. These are the great actions that I am pursuing. Can you join me over here? The the idea is that you want to see where God's at work and then you you follow his leading to join him where he's at work. And all along that journey, as you pursue what he's asking you to do, he's fulfilling Ephesians 2.10. You know, we know 8 and 9, um, mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you're saved by grace through faith, not by works like Sidney posts but it's 2.10 that really is the God created us for good works in advance. He's prepared those things for us, but we just get a little lazy (laughs) and say we don't continue to pursue what that is. And I think Mm -hmm. as as we start to learn to pursue God vertically, then he shows us the horizontal pieces of where he's at work. And then we can get engaged with him in that way. And all along the journey, he's grooming our character to match a greater assignment if we will let him groom our character. It's that compelling to be involved in something like this where we go, okay, what's our what's our issues that we need to deal with? How do we how does God want us to respond to this and what character issues do we need to address before we're ready, willing and able to do anything in the world that would affect change Mm -hmm. in this area? Because we can get like Moses, we were uh, looking at his, you know, dialogue with God about uh, this releasing the captive, setting his Mm -hmm. people free. And um, he took it in his own hands. He didn't wait for the Lord to show him what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, his uh, response was to kill the Egyptian. And then he had to flee to the desert for the yeah. first 40 years. That's not what we would want for anybody. You've got to figure this out a little bit sooner than I'm going to take this into my own hands and go rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as God uh, nurtures us in that vertical relationship, he also is strengthening us to respond horizontally.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you... No, when God was saying you were ready, you had done the preparatory work. You had done the We were not in the fire, and he's like, you're ready. I'm like, okay, Lord, I guess I'm ready. <laughs> there's an element okay. of that always. But if we're saying you need to kind of work on your stuff yeah. so you're not going in before you're adequately healed and prepared. So, tenu- like, so. 10 years
2: of seminary will help.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> had that discussion in a different podcast, too, of yeah. like how there's this formation that happens, you yeah. know, in this in, in these fields where you're studying for ministry and God's preparing you along the way.
2: So I was working um, in law enforcement communications. I mm. used to tell cops and firemen where to go for a living. Okay. Enjoyed telling cops where to go. Um <laughs> I and think I, I would enjoy that too, I have either. spent <laughs> 10 years as a 911 operator, police and fire dispatcher. And then God really just started working on my heart. Uh, kid, having kids will help you to have God show you where you're, you need, you know, improvement. And, um, I was attending a local church and our pastor just was asking, you know, what, what is it that God's calling you to do? And, um, I left law enforcement communications, started working in a local church, and continued uh, experiencing God in new ways. Studied experiencing God, the book by the Black Yeah. and um, changed my life, changed mm-hmm. my trajectory. And um, I felt called to vocational ministry. And I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that meant. And uh started meeting with the pastor and his wife, talking with those kinds of things, talking to the staff. What would it look like? You know, what does that mean to be called a vocational ministry? And so. Came to the conclusion that God wanted me to go to seminary, and I told my husband, and he said, we're not dead yet. We're not ready to go there.
0: <laughs> we're not dead yet? We're Is not ready to go <laughs> He thought
2: seminary was oh, cemetery, cemetery. Yeah. and he wasn't having any part of that, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So... That's God was cute. Yeah. I like that. I like
1: that. I'm going to sit on that for a little yeah. bit. I'm going to tell all our pastors.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> Seminary.
2: So he um, took five years uh, working on my husband to get yeah. him to the place where he understood what it was that God was working in my life. And um, God, I feel like we could talk about that a that long, long, long and time. Just
0: asking women what it means wow. just to be patient and compassionate as God's leading I mean, and trusting the, humility, the Lord trusting that he's Lord working his as
1: though you're not, you yeah. have to sit and do your daily thing that yes. you always have. Yes done you've got this and longing in your heart yeah your husband's not on board and just waiting
2: but that's where right. the refinement comes. i, I took him yeah, before totally. the lord and laid him on the altar and said god if i'm supposed to do that's this right. then this is your challenge uh-huh. not mine and, and I'm, not gonna be, yeah, right. I'm not going to be yeah i'm not going to be pestering him that's about right. this we'll see what you do with it but this is your responsibility i'm yep. i'm not going to try and play the holy spirit that's yours jobs yeah. too you know so i I just sat back and continued. But you probably doing.
0: yeah, you didn't stop learning, no, you didn't no. stop reading, you didn't stop growing. You're Constantly getting ready. being
2: yeah. working in the church, yeah. having good mentorship there yeah. with the staff and what does that mean? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Continuing to do leading experience mm-hmm. in God and pursuing him in Bible study and those kinds of things. And eventually we came to Southwestern Seminary. Um, all I knew at that point was master's in Christian education, continued to pursue that. When I graduated there in 1999, I just thought I was God's gift to ministry and I was going to get a job in the church and I was going to do all these other things. But my background was in law enforcement communications, and communications. My husband was in law enforcement as well. And it's like, I'm not sure how... All this lines up, but I'm going to get this master's degree in Christian education, and then see what God does. He put me working at a local police department doing communications while on midnight shift, while I started my PhD program.
1: It's uh, uh. so crazy. How but are you, you awake at, for class? I oh my know. If you <laughs> look at like if you look at where God's brought you now, it's that's yeah. so cool to see that He had you where He wanted, even though totally. you didn't know but he had you where you're supposed to be and that you're working with those departments now and you understand it and you have that knowledge. The, those
2: are my peeps. So I speak great. their language. I can talk back to them not people in
0: ministry connecting. Yeah. I think that's what we forget too is that we have to get out when you're getting outside the church in these different communities that have different and we talked about this some before too different ways of expressing themselves different language sure it's like going in a different mission field missionaries prepare yes. Before they go to a different country all the time. So yes. your God was preparing you for your mission field, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah and I,
2: I worked there at the police department and went to school full time. and I oh by the way, I had two kids. In the middle of that? Small small detail. Yeah, they were eight and four when we came to seminary in 1995. And uh, when I started my doctoral work, of course, they were five years older. And then when I finished my doctoral work, they were um, 18 and 14. So I had a senior graduating from Mm -hmm. um, high school and then a Mm -hmm. freshman. And so, uh, yeah, I I slept some. I worked on lots of papers Mm -hmm. and we all survived. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was training ground for all that I get to say grace over now is it was just training ground to have me have the capacity to do the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I know that it's all God because it there was no way that in and of myself I had the capacity to do that. But I look back and he accomplished all of those things and um it's it's just a constant reminder that he's living we're living in grace. Mm Okay, so living in grace, and so then,
1: how did you walk us through? How did you get to the office of the governor?
2: I feel like a little Blues Brothers clip would be appropriate right <laughs> here. You know, so so we just the dark in just glasses, uh-huh. and standing <laughs> side by side, we and may just dancing, have to drop that, you, know, you know, drop that in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I really feel like I'm on a mission from God. Mm. Um, people ask me, well, how do you connect ministry with working for the governor, and and, and what does that look like, and And I really do feel like I'm on an assignment Mm -hmm. and um, all the things that God's done in the past, all the character development, you don't work for the office of the governor and not know that everything you do and say is a potentially public record. Right. Um, But I I really do feel like I'm on assignment and I, I live in a work in a space where there's a lot of people who are believers. And I know that our governor is a person of faith and much of what we get to do is reflective of that and we actually have a program within our office called grace g r a c e governor's response against child exploitation and there's love um, it. it's on their website I thought and I was
1: like oh I love yeah that. If you go to
2: gov.texas.gov slash cstt which stands for child sex trafficking team um, you can find grace listed there on the right hand column and it'll tell you more and you can dig down in there and see prayer resources and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i i really believe prayer is the work and ministry is the reward and so for years of praying god please let me fulfill that ephesians two ten piece of my life And continuing to walk that out, I think um, this is just evidence of what God had planned way before I could ever have even thought, I I never could have written this job description for myself. You know, how do you tie all of the things that Mm -hmm. have happened in the the past and and put me in a place where my gifts, skills, talents, and abilities have all been, you know, aligned Mm -hmm. to do this work? But I I feel very um, uh, blessed to be uh, working there and... um, It it aligns with all that God had been teaching me on this topic, and I had um, framed this as a public health issue way before um, I came to the office of the governor and started teaching on it as prevention, intervention, education, and restoration. And with the work of the governor's office, it, it mirrors it very, very much, and I'll talk about each of those pieces. Yeah, so tell us what you do. So I'm the regional administrator for 48 counties in North Texas, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. and that covers everything from south and west of Johnson County, south of Fort Worth area, Mm -hmm. all the way north to the Red River and all the way east to the Louisiana border, kind of on a line that's straight across from Johnson County or Cleveland. And I work with local partners, so that could be ministry partners or people who are in, in the work for a variety of things like Prevention, education, those kinds of things. So it things. can be
0: nonprofits, churches, yes, individuals, yes. all the above. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And connecting them to each other and then working on developing the continuum of care that covers five areas, which is the prevention aspects, and we have a lot of work that we've done in the state that is focused on prevention, preventing children from being exploited online or in person. Could you give pre- us a couple preventing a little, the demand? Oh, a couple examples. So we work with the Texas Education Agency, and mm. uh, they were um, legislatively asked to uh, make sure that in their sexual assault trainings that they included trafficking mm. as a piece of that, so that uh, school personnel school administrators, those who are working in this space, understand what trafficking looks like with our children in our schools. So we blanket the state through TEA and the educational service centers, those kinds
0: of things. So does every teacher have to go through that training or is it particular people selected at each school or?
2: Uh, it's so it's multi-layered and okay. Texas Ag- Education Agency offers it to all. Okay. And yet they have some very specific training that the school board administrators and counselors and things like that are taking in order to be able to respond effectively. And we work with them depending on where they're at with their programmatic elements to provide education, trust-based relational intervention training, TBRI, which is through the Karen Purvis Institute for Child Development at TCU, mm-hmm. and as well as CIT training, which is the commercial sexual exploitation identification tool. And it, okay. you say I mean, it.
0: all the things you need to remember is kind of blowing my mind right now. She did
2: this the other day, and I was like,
1: I am so impressed
0: with all uh, the just, different
1: things. She was like, well, I work with them all day. I'm like, I know you're uh, in no, it, but, but still, it's still amazing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that's
0: a lot. And so you have, so that's the, intervention. the prevention part it's, is yes. taught. It this is part of the TEA training and too that's kind of and one example under that umbrella. Yeah, well,
2: that's one example under the umbrella of prevention. Uh, there's a whole lot more on the website. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, and it takes you deeper and deeper into what it is and understanding what is child sex trafficking, what is child sexual exploitation, what does that look like, how do we recognize it? Because we definitely All those think it looks different mm-hmm. a lot of
0: times than it really does. We just yeah. dis- we've why don't discovered. you answer that
2: though? What is child sex? Tra- what is child trafficking and what is child exportation? Is exploitation exploitation is often online okay. where they're being uh, solicited for photos and uh, other people are uh, grooming them to participate in sexualized conversation that can happen through gaming
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: where there's a chat feature it can happen online in facebook um, other meetup apps those kind of things there's lots of them tiktok is full of um, exfoliative images and stuff.
1: Send me a picture. You made this comment the other day. Send me a picture. So when your kid sends a picture to whoever, whoever it is, that person now knows where you live
2: if there's certain features that are yeah, if enabled on mm-hmm. your phone yeah if the camera locator service is on this is this
0: yeah. say? then they know it literally can even say like down to the room that your house sometimes yeah I it's it's the ones.
2: longitude and latitude within just a few uh-huh. feet of where the photograph was taken so
0: we got yeah. a kid in the
2: bathrooms taking a photo the yeah. locator's on and uh if they post that then those with you know capacity to understand those things uh, could actually know physically where your child was at the time that they Mm -hmm. took that photograph. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that parents can do in the protective piece, and that's a part of the prevention education as well. Some of the things that we're working with um, school districts is to make sure that parents have enough information to make an informed decision and be protective of their kiddos. Lots Mm -hmm. going on in that space, and that's just one of the elements of our public health approach. So we were written into the government code in 2015, Uh, The legislature wrote us into the government code, uh, government code 772, and uh, as a part of that, our assignment is this public health framework, and they have recognized child sex trafficking and exploitation is a public health issue. And when you
0: say wrote it in a code, that basically means, right, that it's a part of law as far as what different aspects of it that have to be implemented.
2: Yeah, the government code created our team, which sits in the office of the governor Criminal Justice Division, Public Safety Office. And so our team sits in that space where we are um, partnering with all these different um, agencies and entities. We're a part of the um, human trafficking um, task force that the Office of the Attorney General, which was – Our governor, when it started Mm -hmm. in 2010, has that task force and there's a coordinating council and all these other pieces that governmentally we're trying to align everybody on the same page. And then there's a lot of other laws in the criminal code that affect our work that describe the actions, means and purposes for exploitation and trafficking and all Mm -hmm. of those pieces glad to provide connections to the 101 kind of training and what other resources there are. Some of our national partners are the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They have some great resources Mm -hmm. and uh, they can help you to understand the nuts and bolts, the red flags, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing, and how to be more protective of your kids as well. So So you said
0: I'm sorry. You said there were five things yes. that you do in prevention is just, just the one. one of them. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to make sure we remember to yep. circle back around to the other four. So then what's the second one?
2: The second one is recognition. Okay. Have you ever played Where is Waldo? Oh yes. Yeah. So you know the collage. Yes. And Where is Waldo, you gotta look for this one character, but what do you gotta know about him before you can find him in the collage? Mm. What this he particular
0: Where's Waldo looks like yeah. and what he's wearing. Yeah. yeah.
2: And everybody in the collage starts to look just like him, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's wearing red and white stripes. So I use that analogy because we don't know what we don't know until we understand what we're looking for. Mm. And we use the See It tool. Remember I mentioned it, Commercial mm-hmm. Sexual Exploitation Identification Tool. And it has eight key indicators. And from that, we've been doing training all across the state for people to learn the eight key ways that we can start to identify children who have clear concern, and high risk. And I bet you and, know all eight
1: off the top of your head.
2: Well, I, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be a great value, but it, it includes a lot of things like housing, caregiving, yeah. uh, uh, exploitation, yeah. uh, coercion, a lot of different things that may go into what does this look like for a child. So there's yeah. a number of indicators. They're kind of
0: like risk factors then, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Was, okay. Yes.
2: And so we uh, teach and train on that on a regular basis for those who are working in this space and um, have some partners like at the Texas Network of Youth Services who do some training on it as well. But it helps people to frame where is Waldo, what does he look like, and how do we move forward. And those pieces, I think, are really important to understanding Uh, that there's a whole host of red flags out there, but until we start to align what the red flags look like together, we may miss something. So the See It tool is designed and it's an evidence-based tool to do the recognition piece. And that's one of our primary ways of engaging in this is to help people to recognize this. Then the third piece is to recover those kids who are high risk or who have presented with a clear concern specifically. So recover
0: before their traffic, do you mean? Yeah, it's
2: it's it's knowing what those indicators are and helping to get services in and around that child, even if we're not recovering them at an operation or a sting or at a hotel or something like that. Where law enforcement be trying to extract yeah. them from that situation, but we can start to recognize a kid with clear concern and try to get them through into services of care coordination. So care coordination is facilitated across the state in uh, as we have been developing it uh, with our children's advocacy centers who are responsible, according to the Family Code, for uh, working on a multidisciplinary team and in providing investigative services for kiddos who've been uh, victims of sexual assault. So children who've been sexually exploited or trafficked are in their wheelhouse of mm-hmm. client services. Mm-hmm. And so we've helped to um, um, move forward a specific response that deals with commercially sexually exploited youth and develop that team approach and brought new players to the table. That includes juvenile justice, who sees a lot of these kids um, through probation and incarceration and those kinds of things. Um, Our juvenile detention centers, those are people that are working actively to recognize who these kids are and get them to recovery and provide for services and then we introduced what I call our secret sauce <laughs> uh, because we have a group of highly trained specialized advocates that are called CSA advocates stands for commercially sexually exploited youth advocates and they fill a huge piece of the role of case management which our mm. team has been tasked with making sure that if these kids are identified or recovered that we have a case management option for them to get somebody who will advocate for them mm-hmm. and there's a couple partners here in the north texas area that we work with really closely one is traffic Nine One One, and you can find them at traffic 9 one yeah, yeah. yeah. com, mm-hmm. and you can see what their services is i've known that organization since its inception in oh, 2009
0: because they've gotten pretty big right? yes yeah.
2: and and they're uh, really uh, honed in on where they're best at and they've gotten some really mm-hmm. off off Awesome, awesome people at the table mm-hmm. to um, have the kind of advocacy that these kiddos need. Highly trained, super professional. And um, they are serving Dallas, Collin, Denton, and Tarrant counties, and Ellis County. So those are. Mm-hmm five of the counties that I've been working with for about three years. My third anniversary is on Friday. So Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of work that has Mm -hmm. happened in those three years, but traffic 911.com is one of those and they have volunteer opportunities. You go through a screening process and they do some mentorship, but that's after the kiddo's been through the advocacy program and is ready to have, you know, trust-based relationships around them. And then the other one is Unbound and Unbound is headquartered in, uh, McLennan County, which is Waco, but mm-hmm. they have a North Texas uh, group, and they actually office in Fort Worth, Tarrant County, and they serve Johnson, Tarrant, and Denton counties, and they're also part of the task force in Tarrant County with the sheriff's office there. They also provide some adult services as well, and they too can provide a link to potential volunteers, connected them with the church in Little Old Grandview, oh. and that church has adopted projects with them, and they're doing a lot of um, Tangible products and things, and you know, provide for yeah. uh, those that have been uh, oh, able to come out from trafficking. So that's that recovery process yeah. and getting the right players at the table.
1: I have a question real sure. fast: Is there a county in your area that has more human trafficking than other, or cases of it?
2: Uh, and I think, are they located on the 35 interstate? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah the the, the infrastructure of our highway system. Often is a a point of us understanding where the trafficking is happening Mm -hmm. uh, and where the demand is as well. So there's a really robust response in Dallas County because there was a detective there who for more than 20 years worked on identifying high risk kids. And so they have a really a talented group of law enforcement at Dallas Police Department headed by Lieutenant Carrie Wise and they work really closely with the Children's Advocacy Center at the table for care coordination okay. and they identify risk factors early mm. and they start putting these kids on their radar and then they work with them through the care coordination it's a big job in yeah. Dallas County. it is huge it, the demand I mean, is huge for sex you, with children in Dallas men, how
0: do you see mental health with the people working with these kiddos all the time like well, these detectives, I mean, yeah. I mean, they are in hard talk about darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so every, every day as a
2: part of that, yeah. um, I. I I would say Traffic 911 does a really good job at taking good care of their folks um, with having an on-staff counselor available Mm. to them, having other options for uh, taking time off, good self-care, those kinds of options. Law enforcement's a little harder when it comes to this, Mm. um, but the Children's Advocacy Center provides the Crimes Against Children Conference every year. In fact, it's this month. It's Mm. usually August 3rd week, and they provide options and opportunities for more learning, but they also do usually have some self-care kinds of uh, activities and engagement that law enforcement professionals can be in, Uh, having been married to a cop Mm -hmm. for 40 years. um, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that uh, that's a really huge challenge for people who work in the crimes against children and exploitation of children Mm -hmm. space, and um, they need good support. So if you Mm -hmm. have an officer in your your church body, I would Mm -hmm. say, what can you do to support them? What would that look Mm -hmm. like? How can you offer Options for them. Um, they're a pretty closed community, but if they are in your in your midst, honor them, give them lots of grace, and see if there isn't something that your church could do to respond with them. So we've talked about prevention, we've talked about recognition, we've talked about recovery. Mm -hmm. And part of this question about how do you support those that work in this space also goes to the supportive healing, which is the fourth piece of it. How do we provide supportive healing for those that are recovered? And uh, so we're looking how we can provide long-term support. Our CSA advocates stay with this Mm -hmm. kiddo in their um long-term sustained approach, but we also have residential providers across our state that are specializing in this. And People that have safe houses. Yes. Okay. And um, then if they're working with minors, they're licensed right. through the state. We also have drop-in centers. We have emergency shelters that are provided. In, t- in North Texas, in my 48 counties, we only have one emergency shelter and it's in Garland. It's called Jonathan's Place and they have long-term residential and specialized foster care. And so. this is
0: for kiddos, for minors? Yes. Because we were I, – I brought I brought this up before. I, work, I worked in emergency shelter in college for kids, right, mm-hmm. for abused kids, runaways. And it's hard to get those off the ground. Oh, yeah. So what you're saying is – because the one I worked at was in Bryan, College Station area mm-hmm. over there. Um, But what you're saying is there's only one in all the 48 counties you work with? Yes, right now. There's only one emergency shelter. So how does that work? You find these kids are – So that makes the preventative recovery part even more important because, I mean, there's nowhere to help these kids. So once, once they've been there, trafficked,
2: yeah, they need specialized care. And they so need do they go around. to this
0: one shelter? Is this where the only place well, you can put them here? There, the
2: there world? are other options in the state. And if we need to, we could take a kid from here down to Houston or, you know, the okay, CC advocates so really work okay. with that child and their family, depending on what the situation is with their family. If their family's non protective and they can't go back to that place, then they try to find other options. But we also have other partners across the state that they can, you know, look to. So there's some of them that are specialized in human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation of children and youth. And there are others that are available that may not have a specialty in this area, but they they know how to work with high risk and uh, kiddos with special needs. And so uh, we try to help to make sure that they have options. Uh, Of course, if the kiddo's in uh, conservatorship through the Department of Family and Protective Services, Mm. then they have to work with them to find the right options of placement. Uh, So there's a variety of ways that they work to advocate for that child to be in the right place. If that kiddo has charges in addition to being a victim, they may be in a probation situation or they may be um, in a detention center somewhere in the state, or they may actually be, you know, in a, a juvenile facility. So our, our goal is to make sure that we're not arresting kiddos for prostitution. Yeah. Because they are, if they are exchanging sex for something yeah. of value, that's the very definition of a child who's a victim of trafficking. And there's no consent when you're a child. No.
0: So, yeah. and,
2: and that's through 17. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, we know at 18 they become an adult and a lot of mm-hmm. things change. And even at 17 here in our state, they have the option of charging them. We haven't seen that happening because our prosecutors and our detectives and those that are in this space are learning that these kids mm-hmm. are victims not
0: well it's interesting most of the time and it's so important because it's like today you're 16 tomorrow you're 17 and then what all of a sudden you know better i like all of a sudden your responsibility changes i mean it's not like your circumstances have changed i mean that's always fascinating to me that part of the law of how that um, is handled so when you're um so you're doing training a lot of training Probably right, and working with partners and working. So, mm-hmm. k- should we talk about churches specifically for a Just, minute? Like, how do you let's
2: finish the last oh, of yeah, the, five get the five pieces? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's really important. So, I do want to say that um, our youth age goes up through the 22nd year. So, okay. uh, there are some of uh, these kiddos who are identified at 18, 19, 20, 21, and up. To, and you're able to still serve yes, them within your department. Yes, well, that's, yes. That's, that's and good. and we have partners who specialize in adult care. Okay. So uh, d- just so that it narrative, it like took a is lot of work loop. to get that
1: done, so they could do, go past 18
2: or. 21. Yeah, well, it, it had, almost all of our funding is from the Victim of Crime Act, which goes uh,
0: so up, up through 21. through the,
2: through the, through 24. Oh. But building capacity, we had wanted to scale so that we could, you know, yeah. make our, pro- you know, project scalable. So we, we're up to 22 at this point. Mm-hmm. If, if at some time we have more money or more options, mm-hmm. then we might go up through 24 or beyond. But there are residences here in Texas for women who are coming out who are adult. And there's several up here in North Texas. I continue to work with those groups. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at how can the Texas Alliance Against Sexual Assault actually work with those. Maybe it's Texas Association it's mm-hmm. TASA. I get all the acronyms a little confused. but <laughs> You're
0: doing this, really well. I'm showing fun. your humanness right there. <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> so TASA works with the adults. In fact, they're looking at how they can do adult care coordination. So that's the end of the fourth piece. Okay. But the fifth piece is bringing justice. And so as a part of bringing justice, um, it involves law enforcement. It involves all the judiciary pieces. It involves, you know, the judges and the courts yes. and, and all of those pieces and helping them uh, system-wise Uh, in the state to align with one another and to all get on the same page about how we're going to treat these victims, how we're going to work with them, and what does the system do to maybe look at prevention and all of those Mm. kinds of things. So the bringing justice piece, you know, it's kind of where my heart resonates. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're working Uh, To make sure that we have training for law enforcement that and includes prosecutors and victim advocates so we have a group called collective liberty we do a lot of training with and um, We do a lot with the Department of Public Safety. They have a a response on human trafficking in their criminal investigations division uh, and their training division worked really hard to put together the interdiction for protection of children which helps to focus Street level DPS troopers on this—they've rescued over 500 kids in um, wow. from 20. Let's see, 2009 to last year for their 10th anniversary, they they had rescued mm-hmm. over 500 kids. So we know that it works when people know yeah. what to look for, like education. the water. yeah, back to the education.
1: Yeah. They know now mm-hmm. none of they're educated, the law enforcement,
2: they know what to look for. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're it's systems wide. So we do the prevention, a lot of education, the intervention. And, and recovery pieces, and that's the public health framework. Now, where does the church fit in that? That yes. was your question. Yeah,
0: good job. Uh-huh. I mean, you just keep bringing uh-huh. it back uh-huh. around. we uh-huh. are doing our job for us. That's awesome. <laughs> so,
2: um, I did um, before I came to the office of the governor, uh, wrote a book called Compelled, and um, it is available um digitally for a, a reasonable price if you want to read it. The second half of the book is about that public health response. The first part of the book is about the glorious ruination stories of others, including Larry Megason, who introduced us. Larry's
1: in this book? Yeah, Larry's in the
2: book. book. What? Yeah. So um, it tells several other stories about people who responded to God's compassionate, compelling call in their life. And as a part of that, I learned about teaching about uh, child exploitation as a public health issue. And this is before the governor's Office even was created. We were created in 2015. And so I I would encourage people to understand this, and there's a lot more out there on the public health response oh, there's up, so much. about child sex trafficking. Uh, Jonathan Todras, who's a law professor at Georgia State University, is one of the most prolific on it. And uh, it's jonathantodras.com, I think, and his last name is T O D R E S. So you can look him up. But I think. Where does the church fit mm-hmm. is anywhere God has people we should be. that are His.
0: <laughs> As she's rolling her
1: eyes to the Lord looking at Him, I see that Remember happening. I said Love it.
2: God has a worldwide delivery mechanism for how we respond to this. Yeah. It is it's the true. church. Uh, so I'm taking off my governor's hat, by the way. By by the way, I'm taking off my governor's Mm -hmm. hat and coming back to the narrative of what is God doing in this space and, um, how can we respond? And uh, along with the grace initiatives at the governor's office, you can personally respond by first praying. Prayer is the work. What he's calling you to do is him showing you through prayer what it is that he's asking you to do. And it could be in any of these areas. Are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you praying about this? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to protect your children from this? And there are lots of options and opportunities. Mm -hmm. I was telling Christy about a ministry that has local roots here. It's called purehope.net, and they have a curriculum that teaches um, moms and dads how to be on this quest with their children and to put in place protective factors for their family, no matter what age the kiddos are you need to be praying for your kids. No time and in history. And their friends. Like, oh, I've, yeah. I've Who too, are their friends?
0: You can, you've got your little bubble, and then we can be scared and be, this is our only job. is to protect our little bubble mm-hmm. instead of remembering.
2: And you're going to be that parent for we're, others? Yes. We're go, gonna, oh, my gosh. Yes. What? <laughs> <Yes. We're> gonna, <laughs> what do you mean? We need to reach mm-hmm.
0: out of our own family bubble. And know we can't just.
2: There's some really there. good resources out there, too, for parents to learn to be protective. Um, The National Center on Sexual Exploitation has some great partners. And uh, Kristen Joyner is one of those. And uh, she had started a group, uh, Protect Young Minds, I think is what the current name of it is. But if you go to the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, you can find Kristen's work. And it's teaching good pictures, bad pictures, starting early with your kids. Mm -hmm. What is it? Because pornography is the gateway. Yeah. And mm-hmm. our children are getting we hear exposed. hear that a
0: lot. Every counselor we've talked to, every advocate we've talked to yep. has said that same thing. And it's amazing to me how the narrative in the world is, it's not a gateway at all. It's even potentially healthy for some people. It's this, it's that, like, it's so opposite to and what whose the reality is, is. that? It's the world. Say, yeah. That's what I'm what? saying. The evil. And, the and, evil e- Exactly.
2: Because the, the devil exactly would have you to believe that it's not true. And the reality is. It, it is a progressive participation, yeah. and people who buy and sell sex often are addicted to pornography. And there's not and get anyone their start that
0: we've there. talked to that, does, that disagrees with that. Like that's what it's just the agreement in circles of people in, like you're saying, and working in the space is the same.
2: So like I, that's I very would exploitive. really encourage your audience to look at PureHope.net yes. and because they they tell this narrative of yeah. where does pornography get us, you know, yeah. cell phones changed the narrative mm. for us yeah. it changed the exposures mm. of our children it's hard and, to
0: resist something that you carry around with you in your pocket every day
2: and if we yeah. give it to a child and uh it's like giving the keys to a car to a three-year-old and saying mm-hmm. keep it out of the ditches mm-hmm. what we would never do that yeah. well the same thing's true with giving the kid your phone or uh, no, anything like, yeah. internet connected without any bumper rails yeah. uh, on to keep them from you know, getting to the gutter yeah. and so blowing that, out a tire, like my son just did on his car. Recently.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll fine. Use that as a good example. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did he flip?
0: No. My oh, blew out tires.
1: two tires. Oh my gosh.
2: So it, it <laughs> is you, a Lord. it's a piece of we've got to do a better job individually. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned to Christy about slaveryfootprint.org. If you want to know how many slaves work for you, go to slaveryfootprint.org and take their assessment of Mm. your personal consumer habits. Because we're not just talking about sex trafficking, we're talking about labor trafficking as well. And we are all consumers. That is so
0: true. That is a whole nother conversation, I feel like, for the church too. Because like participating in that as a part of people here, yes, and we all make Again. and every day in all of our little decisions and yes. the labor exploitive labor practices of children and adults as well as well I think um, uh, it it practices. helps us
2: as we um, start to learn more mm-hmm. God will prick our heart where He really wants us to respond and it may be about our consumer habits or it may be about speaking up as a parent finding the right resources what is out there how can I how can I participate yeah. and then the other pieces of that is to really know the biblical narratives that inform us about. What trafficking is? What does it look like? Okay,
0: that's what great. Is, I love that. Yeah, let's Pick go. One. Yeah. <laughs> let's go there. Go there. Let's one.
2: talk about Joseph. Okay.
0: Oh, let's talk. Okay, okay. That's let's, a different
2: talk one. About let's talk Joseph. about Joseph. Who who was sold into slavery yes. by his brothers? Yes, mm-hmm, and lived a very For difficult a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um and yet, even in the midst of that, mm-hmm. God was at work. Mm-hmm. And if we learn from Joseph's narrative, I've always been challenged by the fact that I never see him complaining.
1: I. Uh,
2: I agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh-huh. the one I, uh-huh. I would be complaining. What, uh-huh. God, are you, yes. you doing with me? You tell them about Hello? the dream I interpreted. Yeah. I'm yeah. still
1: here. Really?
2: Yeah, but yep. we can also look at that as what others meant for evil, God meant for good. And no matter what hap- has happened in our life, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to Yes, Knowing the biblical narratives of, of the thread of trafficking that runs there and mm. God's maybe using some of that and then molding our thinking and our
0: responses to be uh, so,
2: you're right? yeah, so you're available
0: right yeah you're available for whatever god wants to mean in god's purposes and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. well, and i like how you said your
1: responses mm-hmm. so i think you talk about this and we've talked about it before but your response can be so fear based that you freeze you what's the fight freeze fight all those go
2: versus walking in faith and so but we're also not asking people to become vigilantes. Remember, we were talking about Moses a little bit. What? We're asking you don't people want us to do be, that? yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you <laughs> no, want you. to work with the Lord, not as in opposition to the Lord, or as the Lord. You. You are, yeah. yeah, yeah. You are you as replacing the, the Holy Spirit. Savior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and there are a lot of people in the movement who have this savior complex, yeah. and I'm always very leery because it's all about them. And 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 really, nothing I've said here today is about me. It's my story, but you know, it's like. I, I didn't accomplish this right. God accomplished these things and um, I dare not take any personal pride in it
0: because
2: mm-hmm. that would lead me to do things that perhaps would be inappropriate or yeah. you know uh, get me in trouble yeah. um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing and uh, I, I really would encourage people get before the Lord pray he'll show you in the narratives of the Bible what he's mm-hmm. asking you to do and our, our, our spirit will be compelled to respond
0: that's good. Yes. That is good. Our spirit will be be compelled compelled to to respond. respond. So what, um, just in kind of wrapping it up, I mean, we could talk forever. Mm -hmm. um, We talked about the five, label the five things real quick. So it's prevention,
2: recognition, recovery, supportive healing, and bringing justice. Those are the public health frameworks. They're all held together by research base. So this is one of the things that I get to do for the team Uh, Governor's hat's back on. One of the things that I get to do for the team is to collect, analyze, and disseminate research. And we use evidence-based practices in all five of those public-facing areas, so they're all kind of held together and woven, if you will with evidence based research. And I actually have a North Texas North Texas academic collaborative that mm-hmm. has many professors across different universities here in North Texas. Plus we started one in the West Texas area. So we're, we're working to make sure that we have it all really congealed well there. Which so and the I science. love it so goes good. back to your science a bit. So, Go for yes. it. Yes.
0: So then that's what we've talked a lot on here about just the narrative issue and how and I think you touched on it too about um just how important it is to understand that God calls us to be involved in all these spaces, but without being a vigilante, like this is not heaven on earth. We can't expect to create it for ourselves. Right. Um, and then also how the science backs up biblical text, if it's done well, if it's done right, if it's done with righteousness. Right. And so if someone maybe is listening to, cause this is something we've been pushed on a little bit, this whole idea that we're the social justice thing is we're actually supposed, we're called to be involved in society with people.
2: We serve a God whose character is justice.
0: Right. It's a part of who he is.
2: And there is no, in my opinion, from my experience, justice apart from him. Our presence in the narrative is to reflect his character and what he would bring to the narrative of how justice looks based on his character. And I don't know that we understand that really well unless we put ourselves out there and say, God, teach me what justice looks like to you. How do I bring your presence of justice into this narrative? And there's, there's a lot of work to be done there
0: And that's the people of the church, right? Yes. That's us. The fragrance
2: of Christ comes with us wherever we go. Mm -hmm. And justice looks like we show up and we act and have the character of Christ to the point where people are like, something's different here. How could we respond Mm -hmm. that might be different? Mm -hmm. And uh, we have so many that are this warrior for justice thing sticks Mm -hmm. in my mind. I have a... A beautiful picture that was a painting of a a bride in her gown that has a sword in front of it. And the sword has the Star of David in the crossbar. And I think we have to be warriors vertically first. Mm -hmm. We have to pursue God relentlessly and his character. And um, we're not going out there to slay dragons or to slay others or to cut them to ribbons with our warrior mentality. But that, that kind and gentle spirit yeah. is a part of how his justice shows up. I've gone all philosophical on no, you. like probably I love could that. preach so it. Right? of the spirit are with love. us
0: all the time. We're not supposed to just drop them because we're angry or upset at the world. They're but the, the point are. that
2: I think you were trying to make is that everywhere we are, is God's placement for us and that our work, Ephesians 2.10 again, hello, come back to that just a little (laughs) bit. He's created works for us in advance. If we will pursue what those are, Mm. you may be the best scientist in the entire Mm. world. I have some really awesome friends who are researchers and who've done the really hard work of understanding What trafficking is and how it functions and where we can get to with knowing what we know and looking for the you know strengths weaknesses opportunities threats all of that as a part of how they respond to the world well the church in itself can do lots of great work as we look at our positional authority to bring justice to the world Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be vigilante. We don't have to be knocking down walls. We can be the presence in a local meeting where we help people to understand what's happening in our own community.
0: That's really good.
1: You've referenced you. Ephesians two ten real fast, but I do want to read it. It says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do.
0: So it's, good. I think that's a great way to end in, in advance so is so good, right? Like
1: things that we don't see, but he is prepared for us. Reminds yes. me of Romans a little bit, but we won't go there. We
0: are predestined for those good words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate it. this has been My an pleasure. amazing conversation. I'm sure we will have you back. So, cause we really appreciate someone who can connect a lot of those dots for us and for, and give us tools
1: so. and research and places yeah. to go for education mm-hmm. for, cause there's so many smart women out there and men. That want to know more and that will do the deep dive into all the great, you know, resources that you gave us. Yeah. And we'll put those on the website we too. We will, for
0: sure. We'll put it as part of the blog. We always put a blog yeah. out whenever we drop a podcast. So we'll make sure that that's included and in everything too. Awesome. So. And I'm
1: looking forward to connecting with, who's the gentleman's name from Pure Hope that you emailed?
0: Noël Boucher. Yes, Boucher. Yeah. And his yes. wife is one of
2: the premier researchers, Dr. Vanessa Boucher.
1: Okay. I'm excited to connect with them. So, thank
0: you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Okay, everybody, until next time. Um, Thank y'all. We'll talk to you later. This is Noisy Narratives out. Bye.
1: Watch what happens now.